Welcome to the Strategic HR Show, the podcast series from FutureSolve, where we talk to senior business and HR leaders to share their advice on how to make better people decisions in the workplace and get the best out of their people. For show notes and free bonus resources, simply visit www.futuresolve.com forward slash podcast. And remember, if you'd like some help solving your strategic HR challenges, get in touch with us at FutureSolve. Whether it's developing your leaders and teams, hiring better people, creating a high performance culture, or something else, we'll help you boost the performance of your people and your business. Okay, let's get started. Thank you all for joining again for a great episode of the Strategic HR Show. Today, we have an amazing guest. We have Simon here from Jumpers. He's the CEO of a great company talking about recruiting innovations. Thank you for joining us today. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit of background about who you are and what you do? Yeah, thanks, Andy. Great to be here. So, yeah, I am CEO of QJumpers, found the company into 2005. So we've been around for a while. Yeah. I mean, my goal is to help our team to develop really innovative products so that our clients can recruit easier and faster. Awesome. We all want that, of course. So Simon, the biggest thing we're going to be talking about today, I know the theme is recruiting. And with companies, you know, they're always looking at what are some of the issues with, you know, hiring talent today that you're seeing? Obviously, we've heard in the news about a lot of layoffs, specifically from technology companies and some financial services, but we still know that there's millions of jobs today open, specifically in the United States, and they're not filled, and people are still finding for talent. So can you share more about what are some things that you're seeing on the horizon of recruiting? Yeah, it's interesting that now, there are a lot of reports in the media about layoffs, and layoffs are happening, that's for sure. But we need to remember that now it's a global search for talent. It's not just about United States. People are looking for talent from all over the world to fill roles. And people are hiring people from offshore to do onshore roles. So it is a global fight for talent. And globally, it's still a massive battle to find highly skilled talent in your technology sectors still, in engineering, in healthcare, and finance. So many of these higher skilled type industries, we still have a major problem in finding talent. That's still the biggest issue when it comes to recruiting. Job boards, they don't work like they used to. You used to post a job on a job board, you sit back and wait and say, cool, I'm going to have 100 really good applicants. Now, you might still get 100 applicants, but none of them can do your job. They just are not like they used to do. So you need new ways of recruiting. Yeah. And today, we also see a lot of companies that are agile, innovative, moving, sometimes even reskilling in a new direction, even technology. I know you guys do a lot of artificial intelligence when it comes to recruiting, but AI is now changing the game in all industries and how we're going to look at it. I mean, I think on one of my previous episodes, we were talking to Sari, which is on the board of Gartner. And she said the biggest fear of CEOs is in 10 years, if they do not change fast enough, they will not be in business. And that was one of the biggest fears that CEOs have. So what we want to talk about is if somebody wanted to even start 
with how do I improve my recruiting, right? Today, they might only be doing job boards or only be doing posting and hoping is what we call here. And I think the term now is talent access. Like how do we access talent in a new way? Where can they start and how can they even assess areas that this could impact? And just from your point of view, a good way of beginning the conversation in the organization. Yeah. You mentioned the word talent access and and I like that. Instead of you know talent acquisition. Now I know there's someone in Future Soul who talks about this all the time, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Lozer is a good man. He hates the word talent acquisition. I agree with him. Acquisition, it does sound like a transactional sort of a process. We're meant to be in HR. We're meant to be about people. And he talks about talent access. And that's a great way because you need to be thinking about future-proofing your recruitment. You need to be building pipelines of talent for the future. You don't want to look short-term. If you look short-term, you'll be solving a problem short-term, but long-term, you'll be building a bigger problem. So being able to use technology, we have an AI product, a sourcing tool that you can source for skills. So instead of searching for people who have done a job, who have got a certain job title, you search for people who have the skills you need. And they could be in completely different fields than what you would normally look for. So you can search for skills the AI will find people who have these skills and can do your job for people that you never even considered could do your job in the past. So it opens up a whole new pool of talent. And if you start engaging with these people, start using your employment branding strategy, and if you can, encourage them to get excited about your company, add them into your pipeline of talent, And you do need to be talking to people. I mean, AI has automated a lot of things, but you still need to have that personal touch in these hard-to-find roles of exciting people about your organization, exciting them about the job that you want them to do, and exciting them about the team that they're going to come and work for. So planning for the future and not just short-term focused on one role right now because that's going to put you in a lot of trouble going forwards. Well said, Simon. I mean, we do believe this here at FutureSolve. We think talent acquisition is an outdated term because it started when, you know, manufacturing started and you'd go there and work, you know, your whole life and then retire there. But as we know, talent is changing. And even now they are your employees, but they're also looking at work-life balance and they're looking at leveraging the company, but also growing themselves. So talent access is accessing the talent that you need. The other thing that we're also seeing is the innovative approach of how you engage with talent. It's not always full-time employment. We have part-time, we have contractors, we have even retirees that are accessed for their specific skills to fill the gaps. And that's changing also on how you do that. And how do you find some of those people? Because, you know, that's the big thing. And I also want to give you a chance to talk more about, you know, I know you're on the forefront of AI and predicting and deep learning, I know there's a way of actually you guys helping companies even find talent that's working, but may be willing to work for another company or may be interested in moving in a different direction. That's what I wanted to share with my listeners is maybe you can talk more about what are those and how does technology help with that? Because obviously, if you were recruited to find that, it takes a lot of time and maybe you need to even ask the person versus there might be things that may predict or help. And so I'd love to share with my listeners some of that. Yeah, we've 
just released a new patent and technology that we're calling Jump Ready. And so good timing on that question. Thanks. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but, you know, part of it and part of the problem that we're trying to solve is efficiency. You know, clients want to get to the right person for their job as fast as possible. They want to start talking to the right person as fast as possible. And that's everything that we're trying to do. And our whole product development, this is it. So Jump Ready helps that. So it gives an indication of how motivated a person would be to change jobs if the right company and the right job offer came along. So it's a motivation score, basically. We call it a Jump Ready score. It goes with our brand Q jumpers. Now, there's a lot of things that go into it which is why it's patented technology and I can't tell you everything, but I can talk about it in general. So we look at things like the company itself that is looking for the staff, you know, what's happening in that organization, what's happening at the top level, the execs, what's happening in their industry, what's the turnover in their industry, typical industry uh, mm -hmm. turnover for that sector, even for that job. You can even look at turnover data for a whole lot of different things about it. And we then look at, the person as well. So there's kind of two angles. For this person, what's their average tenure for mm -hmm. a job? How long before they typically change jobs? Also, what level in their career are they? Because that has a big impact on what they do, what they choose to do in their working life. Younger people typically change jobs more often than older people. And that all comes into it in terms of predicting how likely they might be open to an offer. And We've got this measurement and accuracy rating is something we measure as well to try and see how accurate that is. And that's always improving because we've got feedback mechanisms in there. We know if someone is interested in potentially an offer that's gone out to them, we know if they open emails, we can go and look back and say, okay, we said they were highly likely to change jobs. We go back and look and say in three months time, did they change jobs? If they did it, then our algorithm goes in there, makes little changes, and when you've got millions and millions of data points, it gets more and more accurate. So it's evolving the whole time to get more and more accurate. But ultimate goal is efficiency. Right people as fast as possible. I love that. Wow. That's some high-level stuff, Simon. Thank you for sharing. And being able to look at all those factors at the same time and look at it from a company perspective versus an individual is pretty impressive. I know. You know, with HR, a lot of times the function is, I would say, behind on some of the technologies, like usually IT jumps first and other departments of the organization. But now we're seeing artificial intelligence is starting to come into HR in a strong way. But there's always the question of, you know, what are things that they're going to be pushing back on in the business and how can you bring in technology? So chat GPT is changing that. I know I have an episode coming up about that and how it's going to be leveraged in HR. But from your perspective, what are some things that would be pushbacks or milestones that they have to overcome to adopt technology like this? And how can we prepare executives and leaders for the right change Sometimes with AI, it doesn't do everything. So have that personal touch. But from your point of view, how can we prepare people for adoption and utilizing it in HR? The most difficult thing in business is change. And so being able to prepare someone for change and make them understand the change is important. 
So what we're doing is we are changing how people recruit. Like instead of the job post and hope type scenario, we want people to you know, be more proactive and actually source, motivate, engage with people before the need actually arises, using AI to find people to talk to instead of using a job board. Now, when you're talking to an IT director of a company who's not involved in recruitment, they don't understand this. Mm-hmm. So it's always, yeah, you've got to convince certain people within your organization. Every organization is different, but there's little hoops you've got to get through. IT is one of them. And you know, finance director, CFO is another one often. So you need to explain to them the problems that you're facing and that how this new technology can help to overcome that problem. So make them understand it and that way you're doing it now is not working. If you carry on the way you're doing it now, this is what is going to be the outcome. You're not going to have staff. You're not going to need a CFO because you're not going to be making any product. So there's got nothing to sell. So you understand what's happening now, what the problem is going to be if you don't change. Help them to understand what this new technology is going to solve that problem and the benefits. If you're talking to the CFO, put it in numbers terms. Yeah. Put it in talking to an IT director, put it in technology terms. Put it in efficiency. Talk about yeah, integration. Isn't integration needed? Um, integration is always a big conversation, but technology nowadays is so good you don't need to really worry about integrations. They can be seamless even if they're two different products. So yeah, it depends who you're talking to, but yeah, no, no, well said. And you know, the building a business case for HR, we always say that is really important because it gives them a seat at the table. But in these cases, I mean, efficiency gains, cost savings, even if you're buying a technology, it could be like cost per hire that it does. So what investment do you have to do to get every individual and how many individuals are you hiring and what that looks like? And sometimes those numbers make a lot of sense because you may spend 100x that just using a staffing firm and they're still using the old ways they're just throwing bodies at it right so being able to understand that and be able to build the right business case is important and so make sure you put the right data in there because everybody is really looking at how to do that the other thing i wanted to mention is and i always ask this question but if you wanted to give one piece of advice to our listeners from where you sit you know and what you're seeing and what's coming up what piece of advice would you give them that they can take from this show and implement today? There's so much talk about AI. My piece of advice would be to understand the problem that you have now before you go and implement a solution. Because the biggest issue with adoption of new technology is that it doesn't solve the problem that you had from the start. AI is all shiny and nice and great. And a lot of people want to say they're using AI. But if you're going to implement a piece of technology, for example, our AI talent sourcing solution, we want clients to understand their problem before they buy our product. So we'll even help them to understand their problem. We'll talk about it. Is it speed to hire? Is it cost to hire? Is it lack of people out there, skills shortage? If they understand the problem, then when you're doing the pilot, you can do the pilot in a way that shows them how it solves their problem. And they can use that as part of their ROI because they say, look, I've solved this problem because of using this technology. It's helped me save 20 times on what I would usually spend on a staffing agency, for example. 
but particularly now with so many AI solutions out there, don't just buy for the sake of buying an AI solution, buy an AI piece of tool because it's going to solve a problem. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Coming from a tech background myself, I always say don't buy the nice shiny thing unless you're truly trying to fix the problem and it aligns with that because it's not about buying the next new thing. It's about, is this well aligned with solving the issue that you're trying to solve and is it working with that? And that's the biggest thing. And a lot of times we see that at FutureSolve because we do tech and advisory, buying a technology by itself sometimes is not the solution. And having a strategy without the right, you know, scalability and innovation in it is also not the solution. So being able to look at it from both angles and bringing both to the table is really important on the success of that project, which goes a long ways to your executives that are looking at you to say, have we made the right decisions when we're trying to solve these problems? Yeah. And the problem you know, does feed into the strategy. The strategy becomes before the problem really is mm-hmm. like, what are you trying to do in the next year, two years, five years? What's your talent strategy? Are you growing? Are you shrinking? Are you changing? Do you need different skill sets? Where can we get them from? Is it internal staffing that can be retrained? Or do we have people already in our staff that have the skills that we just don't know about it? Understand the strategy. Then you can say, okay, what have we got now? Have we got the technology to meet that strategy? Have we got the tools to do that? No, we don't. We have a problem. There's your problem. Now identify the technology to solve that problem. Yeah. Awesome. And so last question, Simon, what does the future of work have from where you're sitting and what's coming up? You know, this doesn't have to be just recruiting, but from where you're sitting, you know, you're sitting as a CEO as well of a company, what do you see coming up in the future of work from your end and what should people be aware of? There's a lot of things that are out there. We're seeing a lot of talk and a lot of chatter about diversity, equity, inclusion. That's been there a while, but now technology is evolving around it and AI technology is evolving around it. We're doing some stuff in this space. We've got another new project in this space as well. And you're getting governments behind it. You're getting the United Nations behind it. So this is going to be huge going into the future. So I know that in the States, they have had chief diversity officers and the likes for a little bit. Now the technology is starting to evolve to help with those strategies as well. So that's going to be one, you know, work from home type scenario. There's a lot of publicity coming mm-hmm. out about particularly U.S. companies wanting to get everyone back into the office. There is a culture problem with people working from home. I love the flexibility of being able to work from home, but you need some people interaction if you're going to keep up your team culture. And so in some way, there's going to be more and more work done around, you know, how do you keep your team culture? How do you keep your engagement of your staff when they're not here in the office? You just need some sort of people present, some sort of relationships, face-to-face is better even if it's one day a week or whatever you want to do. Yeah. You've got people working from different countries now. We've got staff in different countries. At some point, if you're going to maintain your culture, there needs to be still people interaction at some point. hundred percent. Well said. Those are very big ones. Diversity inclusion was, you know, being addressed as a compliance piece, but now it's really elevated to bigger, way bigger than that. It's addressing bottom line. It's addressing business problems. It's addressing a lot of things, but it also changes the game on how you're hiring, right? Because if you are 
hybrid and you can be in the office sometimes or do you want to be at the office all the time? Now, are you tied to a location or not? Is that a requirement or not? There's all these questions that have started to happen. And, you know, there's no right answer yet. I know there's tons of reports and surveys. And I think the ideal balance was that most people want to be in the office and they voted that they want to be in the office two or three times a week. Very few said 100%, but they wanted that balance because of culture, innovation, you know, collaboration. Those are things you can't just do on any Zoom meeting. A balance of some sort is going to be happening. What that is, is different by company, different by industry, you know, different what you do, but that's definitely a big area. Well, Simon, I wanted to also let our listeners know if they wanted to get in touch with you or QJumpers, what should they do next? The easiest thing is our website, and that's QJumpers.com. The letter Q, the letter J is in QJumpers.com. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening and stay tuned for another episode. But thank you, Simon, for joining us today. Thank you very much, Andy. Thanks for joining us today on the Strategic HR Show, the podcast series from FutureSolve, where we talk to senior business and HR leaders to share their advice on how to make better people decisions in the workplace and get the best out of their people. For show notes and free bonus resources, simply visit www.futuresolve.com forward slash podcast. We'd love it if you subscribe, like, and share the show with any friends and colleagues who are looking for fresh ideas on how to make better people decisions in their business. And remember, if you'd like some help solving your HR challenges, get in touch with us at FutureSolve. Whether it's developing your leaders and teams, hiring better people, creating a high-performance culture, or something else, we'll help you boost the performance of your people and your business. Thanks, and see you soon.